Welcome to the Tune Shed, the workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, production, you name it. We are here to become better music listeners, better creators, and better music lovers. I'm your host, Mick Blurry, and I'm here with my dear childhood friend and professional musician, Marty Gray. What is up, Marty? Nothing. We're just for all you jazz guys out there. You know this one. That's lazy. Ain't nothing to that. But then we modulate. We don't want to think. We just want to. So that's a little tune called "So What" uh, by uh, Miles ja- Miles Miles Jazz Jazz Davis. <laughs> Miles Davis. Miles, jazz Jazz Miles, Jazz Davis. Jazz guys. Jazz. <laughs> that's a legitimate jazz classic right there. Wow. And it's just two just, stupid chords. Yeah, I was gonna say just two chords. Easy. Is it like a modern art kind of thing? Like, yeah, I could I could make it, but I didn't. Totally. It's exactly that. Yeah, actually, same mentality. Mm. They were like, you know, what if bebop wasn't so complicated? (laughs) What if it was just chill? But wait, but jazz is complicated. How is that jazz? Well, this is this is uh the some well some jazz scholars would say this this tune ushered in the new the new wave of smooth jazz after the uh the 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 wreckage of bebop. We wanted something new, Ooh. something cool, something approachable. Uh, yeah. Wow, smoky, smoky bar. Yeah, smoky bar and elevator stuff, you know. Yeah, but like a cool elevator, not a boring elevator. Yeah, right. Cool, like s- s- cool sunglasses. We don't want. We're go gonna have to, to do an episode. No on way. Elevators. On elevators. Elevator. What happened to elevator music, man? It took a turn for the worst. Everybody hates it now. Yeah, and like holding um, music? What is holding music? Oh, God. Why can't they get the quality good on the phone? Like you're on hold and it's this terrible like <laughs> pop rock song that you've never heard. And it's just so scratchy. It's like, how is this so bad? Oh, dude. Um, or like Claire de Lune. <laughs> why would you oh, play God. Claire de Lune you, Oh, when they go classical. Music? Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah, that's pretty it's wicked. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, you're right. It's so low quality. It's like... <laughs> Take something beautiful and just make it the most aggravated you've ever been for 45 minutes. Yeah, why not? They give, give Wait, what were we do. talking about? Oh, uh, lazy people jazz. Easy. We're talking... Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're not going right. to go to jazz school. We're going to skip jazz school. That sounds good. Sounds hard. Jazz school sounds way too hard. Yeah, jazz school does sound hard. Um... Basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna sort of demystify jazz, give you the basic building blocks, um, sort of circumnavigate a traditional jazz education, and give you just mm. enough jazz to make you sound like you know what you're talking about, like you know what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. without actually know what you're doing. You know. Ah, oh, perfect. So there's a way to fake it. Is so, what I'm ta- is what I'm telling you. <laughs> there's an easy way. So it's not to as fake complicated it. as it seems. It can be, but it doesn't have it to be. be. It doesn't have, it doesn't to, have to. You be. know, especially if you're a lo-fi hip-hop producer, ooh, it does not have to be complicated. 
Ooh, mm. I love lo-fi. Actually, I just got my Spotify wrapped the other day. Oh, yeah. Lo-fi is my second genre. That's great. But it's probably because I just play it for hours and hours on end. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I've lost my mind and I turn it off. True. Um, like when I'm working or something. Um, but yeah, that's got some jazz in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, jazz it's chords, all jazz based. Yeah, jazz chords really is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you're not trying to sound like, you know, crazy bebop, like old guy jazz. Like, you're not trying to be crazy. We're just trying to, to work our way around understanding like what really jazz is and how to make it. Mm-hmm. And just so we're all clear, this will be very like in the DAW slash on the songwriter's block specific. You know what I mean? This will be very like functional. Like how do, how do I make my mm. chords sound like a jazz chord? Like what? how do I do that? Mm. And if you are okay. comfortable with jazz theory, run away. Because this is basic, this is easy, and we might even bastardize some of this stuff, <laughs> you know? So All right, just yeah. run away. So this is going to be, hey, I want a little bit of that jazz feeling in my song somehow. How do I do it, and how do I even think about jazz as a concept? Right. right? How, do, how do I become an absolute jazz poser right now? <laughs> oh, perfect. That's what we're doing. That sounds awesome. Yeah, let's be jazz posers. So should we, All right, should... well, enlighten us, Marty. Where do we start? I guess we start... Well, we start by just talking about like how can like how can we use jazz after listening to a podcast for like an hour, right? And there are some important mm. things to address right off the bat. First of all, study of jazz can be lifelong and and honestly should be, you know. So we're not trying to rag on people who went to jazz school. I went to music school. I took a lot of jazz classes. I kn- I know my way around jazz theory, um, and it can go deep. Right, it can go really deep. You can really study, like all of the different ways that all of the different uh, golden age jazz people changed jazz theory, um, influenced it, rewrote the rules a billion times. We can trace the lineage all the way back to Louis Armstrong, all the way th- uh, up to now with Jacob Collier. Like we can, we can do that, and that can take a lifetime. Um, but we're not going to do okay. that. You know, we're we're just going to talk about the basic building blocks. And how you can take mm-hmm. your already pretty limited knowledge of what music theory is and how to like write stuff in the DAW and add what you need to make it jazzy. Right? All right. So So this is essentially we're gonna reference a whole bunch of history and culture, uh we're musically reference, I mean, by just sort of understanding a few of the building blocks and you know, if we want a certain feeling, we know how to get after that. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, it's this'll be giving you the colors to make the painting, you know? Hmm. We're not gonna like Yeah, that's basically where the analogy ends. <laughs> we can give you the, <laughs> the colors so you can paint it. Yep, and yeah, once you got the colors, it's all up to you. There's no help. No help after that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now that's the rest of the episodes, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the rest of what we're gonna talk about. Awesome. Cool. I'm excited. So now there are tons of different uses of jazz and ways to implement all of these really basic building blocks. And they sort of take the shape of genres, right? We can go back to the thirties and forties with straight ahead jazz. We're talking Ornette Coleman. John Coltrane, Miles Davis, all of the greats. Mm -hmm. We can take it all the way up through smooth jazz, what most people think of as jazz. 
Oh my God, Careless Whisper, my karaoke song. Oh, is that your karaoke song? No way. Absolutely. <laughs> I there's only like a few parts that are a little little high for me, but I practice in the car. Okay, disclaimer: I've never done karaoke. It's I can't. It's just too scary. Is it? But is it too uh, scary? I practice in the car all the time. Oh, do you? Well, it's like. I feel like the thing about karaoke is it's it's got to be funny, you know? Everyone's there to have a good time. And it's got to be, like, either a really fun song everyone's going to sing along with or it's got to be kind of funny or you have to be, like, an absolute killer. And uh, I feel like I can't really hit any of those well. Like, from doing piano recitals when I was a kid, I just get, like, a lot of stress about performance and it needs to be, like, as good as I can make it, you know? Yeah. So that's why I've just been practicing in the car for, like, three years and I have, like, two songs that... I could potentially sing at karaoke one day when I get the courage. Well, I guess like <laughs> Careless Whisper is a pretty good one. Dude, if, if you ever are in town, we have to go do karaoke because we have such oh a fun gosh. random crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. If I, yeah, I mean, I guess for people who don't know, I'm, a, I'm in Portland, Oregon on the West Coast. Marty's in Ann Arbor. East Coast? Mid Midwest. It's the North Midwest, Coast? baby. <laughs> All right, Midwest. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so that way, that way, if I if I go to Ann Arbor, uh, I can we can group up with a bunch of strangers and uh, yeah, yeah, and that'd then be and fun. then I can be like, here's my friend Blake. He's really scared. <laughs> go up, no, don't say that. Go up there, buddy. And then I'll sing like the most sensual song about <laughs> cheating and never being able to dance again. Yes, brutal. Oh, that'd be so wonderful. <laughs> I get what you mean though about you know like karaoke either has to be good or silly, or like really drunk. Yeah. Right, you know, and like a lot of the songs I like, just like sometimes they're not in those moods, or like the the songs that I like that are in those moods are like impossible for me to sing. Um, so yeah, I just kind of find myself in that karaoke catch twenty two. Oh, that's so true. I have a friend who only sings Mariah Carey's um, "All I Want for Christmas Is You," but she doesn't sing it in Christmas season. She only sings it in like Ooh. April. Which is ooh, so that brings the funny. That's right? touching that funny thing, right? Yeah, that's that's super smart. Yeah, she's got it. It's a banger of a song too. Just it say is. it now. It's so good. You know what? Some of that Christmas music has elements of jazz too. That's more like the crooner. Absolutely. That's like the crooner. Why did that happen? That's like Buble. What? Oh yeah, Michael Buble. Yeah. I think it's because Christmas has this like nostalgic glow around it mm. you know it's got this like like it does. it's got this tradition and like the tradition of music in america is jazz you know so we kind of whip out the jazz to make us feel like ah oh, connected it's old stuff because we also whip out carols right christmas carols that's true so, yeah i don't know i mean that's another whole genre of jazz is like the croonery stuff you know we've got like Sinatra. you know i've always wondered i'm sorry i'm sorry no no no. Th- complete that what do you what are you wondering I've always wondered, like, how do you write a Christmas hit that just goes down in history as a Christmas hit? Oh, bro. Like, is it on accident? I or, don't know. Or is it just like you're famous and then you do a Christmas? Because everyone's doing Christmas songs. Like, there's still Christmas albums coming out. But I can immediately tell, okay, this is an album that's going to be relevant this year and never again and barely even this year. Or all this is a hit that people are going to play in 30 years. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like, how is that? I have no clue. So mysterious. Because, like... You'd be surprised how many Christmas songs are recorded every year. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I work in a recording studio, and we start getting people wanting to do Christmas songs, like, in October. 
Oh my god! Always. And that's earlier than my partner does uh, gift shopping. Oh jeez. Actually, that's not true. She she goes before that. That's call out. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Christmas. Uh, so I don't know. We'll have to tackle why certain songs become popular in a future episode because I don't know. Actually, that's a that's that's a crazy good question. I wonder if we could question. get somebody who I wonder if we uh, get, like a, we, like a producer. Yeah, maybe we could get like a like a pro songwriter, like someone who writes songs mm. for pop stars. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we've got lo-fi hip hop. We've got funk. Think like Wolfpack. That's modern funk. But if you want old funk, I don't know. Listen to old what's funk. the funk jazz connection? Funk jazz connection. Funk jazz connection. Uh, funk uses a lot of <laughs> dominant harmony um it okay. also is kind of loosely based on soul gospel um but they wanted oh, okay. to sort of like simplify the harmonics and add a, a, a stronger emphasis on rhythm that's kind of where funk mm. comes from but a lot of funk okay. is uh is sort of loosely based on on jazz uh so born from jazz maybe you could say oh definitely absolutely oh, okay yeah i actually didn't know that that's that's really interesting oh yeah i love wolfpack too they're they're great oh yeah they're wonderful I mean, um, all the disco stuff is based, it's just electronic funk, you know? Whoa, so then disco was born yeah. from jazz? Oh, yeah, disco comes from was jazz. Was jazz born sure. from blues? Uh, Yes. Yeah, jazz is born okay. from blues. Okay, so it goes blues, jazz, and then funk, disco, what else? Well, it goes, um, you know, if we're talking the beginnings of jazz back in New Orleans, we need to look mm-hmm. at Dixieland, we need to look at ragtime. Um, we need oh, to look shoot. at how, it's much more complicated. yeah, it's, it was, it was basically the perfect birth of a lot of different American forms of music, you mm-hmm. know, gospels in there. Gospel was a huge, uh, influence on early jazz back in the wow. early 19 teens, maybe even as early as 1911 or nine. Wow. It's what a crazy time for, you know, the evolution of music. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. We've got even like R&B soul being heavily influenced by jazz and R&B is everywhere. It even sort of like hit the pop sphere with like Neo and uh, and Usher and Chris Brown. Like all of those people were using oh, R&B tropes back in the 2000s. You know, that all comes huh. from jazz too. I feel like R&B is still kind of going. There's like, like SZA is sort of R&B, right? Absolutely. Yep. And like I feel like it's just never really I don't know if it had a peak, but I feel like it's just been cruising. Like it's always been good. Yeah. It's just a good genre. It's just really fun to listen yeah. to. It's so good. Just solid. Yeah. Yep. I mean we've got we've got Kendrick Lamar using like New York style free jazz as a backdrop to do like this dick ain't free. The background of that track which I believe is the second track on "To Pimp a Butterfly," if I'm not mistaken. We should look that. Mm-hmm. We should look that up. But we should look um, that up. That track, the background of that track, is straight up East Coast free jazz. Wait, what's free jazz? Free jazz is a discipline of jazz that arose, I believe, in New York City slash Boston in the 1960s, and the idea huh. was. A bunch of people were sick of playing heads, right? Playing written music. A um, bunch of drummers mm. and bass players were sick of being told what to do. You got to play this scale. You got to play in this time signature. So what they did is they all got together and they all said, we're going to make music 
We're going to vibe off each other. We're going to play whatever we want. No rules. Uh, there's no time signature, no key. There's not even a way that you have to play your instrument. And so, no key? No key, no time signature, no, no nothing, nothing. It's free. So I was going to call this like a, the jam band of jazz, but this is freer than that. No, just playing any old note. And the drummer's playing any old, like, not even a real in-time beat, necessarily? Nope. He's not even necessarily playing a beat, you know? Whoa. Like, if I were going to wow. play um, if I were gonna play drum set in a free jazz group, I would be playing textures, uh-huh. right? And I would be vibing off of each other. Like, if the saxophone player is, is wailing and, like, screaming into a saxophone, I'd be, like, banging mm-hmm. on, the, on the side of the cymbals. <laughs> And like, you know, but if he stops doing that, I might stop altogether. Okay. You know, it's very reactionary and sort of it's, it's more about just like the energy in it than how the notes are coming together to create a bigger picture. Oh, absolutely. It's more about the experience, you know, dude, if you're, if you're almost sounds stressful, dude, it's, I mean, I was in a free jazz group in college and Mm -hmm. we would meet once a week for a couple hours and there'd be no rules. Again, it was a bunch of college kids, so we were not quite attuned to the highest level of vibes, of musical vibes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little bit stressful. Like, you really did have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what makes... I'm sorry, just to dwell on this a bit longer. Yeah. What makes one free jazz group good and one bad? Dude, honestly, I could not tell you. <laughs> I don't know. My gosh. I have no clue. If you're curious, um, I don't have any groups on off the top of my head that I could reference. But mm-hmm. if you're curious, look up um, some free jazz sessions on YouTube because they are fascinating. Wow. You know, I bet it has a lot to do with sort of like the state you're in when you listen to it and the state the artists are in when they're making it and how much they sort of respect what each other are doing. You know, sometimes I've been in, in bands before, like in actually forever in my life, where someone's playing and then everyone else is actually jamming and like reacting to each other, but one person's just like in their own mode playing. And it's like you can make something pretty good still, but it's just not the same as when everyone's listening to each other really actively and, and responding, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree with you. And I, I think if you're in a band, definitely mm-hmm. take that to heart for sure. I don't think that concept sort of stops at free improvisational music like that you can mm-hmm. see you can see great chemistry on stage for sure yeah yeah actually yeah that's a good point it goes beyond the music doesn't it to the performance and to the just feeling of being somewhere yeah it's really true yeah man sweet you could really get it like dude jazz is so big and there's it's been around for so long and everything is ba- it like comes from jazz so it's like when we're talking about making quote unquote jazz in the DAW, how do like where do we start? Like what do we do? Well, I think functionally, if we're gonna talk to producers and songwriters, we're gonna say, here's here's what jazz is, we just need to teach you um about the seven. <laughs> just that one extra chord tone. It's it, it So we're getting into theory a little bit here. Yep. It quite literally is just one extra chord tone. So Let's figure out how to make a jazz chord. Let's just start All right. super basic with the with the basic triad, right? In the key of C, right? Oh, beautiful. Easy, easy. 
right? We've got one. That's our tonic. Two. Or, sorry, three. That's the one in the middle. And then we got five, which is the top one. One, three, five, three, one. Easy. That is a major triad. If we wanted to make it Mm -hmm. minor, we would move the middle one down one key to this one. That's a minor triad. Boom. We've got two. Two easy triads. The the happy one and the sad one. (laughs) That's it. We've got a couple other triads for fun. You don't have to pay much attention to this. Uh, but we've got the diminished triad. That's the that's the horror movie one. And then we've got the augmented triad. Another scary one. Those ones Both are sort of freaky. for fun. Those ones are used in context with other things to uh, to mm-hmm. to perhaps move keys or to perhaps mm. give a feeling of suspense. Right, but on mm. their own, they're just sort of for fun. Don't pay attention to it if you don't care about about fun. Um, and basically, for as long Sounds as sounds like uh, a threat. <laughs> if you if you don't like fun, don't learn it. <laughs> it did sound like a threat, didn't it? <laughs> you have to learn it. Uh, anyways, learn it sometime if you're curious, I guess. But for yeah. for the for the majority of music and for the majority of pop songs, um, and you know anything in the da just. Major, minor, boom. Look up a song. Uh, they're going to use all major minor chords 99% of the time. Um, hmm. And basically, if you want to find chords and put them together, copy songs for a while. You know? Copy the, hmm. copy the 50s. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do that thing. I mean, those that was just C major, and then we moved two mm-hmm. keys down to A minor. These are all mm-hmm. white keys. Two keys down to F major. One mm-hmm. key up to G major. And then we just do that forever. Lovely. Right? So that's, that's the basic building block of music. There's just triads, usually. You know? Asterisk Western music. Yeah, asterisk. yes, huge asterisk. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Very good point. Asterisk Western music. So now we add the secret ingredient, which is the seventh. The seventh is what makes it jazz. That's it. We've got one. Saucy. Two. I keep saying two. One, three, five, seven. Ooh, gorgeous. One of my favorite chords ever. Oh, major seven. Right? So th- how do we find the seven? Because we know how to find the, the, the triad, so how do we find the seventh? Well, uh-huh. if you're playing one, three, five, look at one, that one. Find it up the okay. octave, so the same note. Right there. And okay. then go down one key. That's it. And so it's a little bit more saucy because those two are actually pretty close together. Sort of makes that suspenseful feeling that the the diminished and augmented chords make, doesn't it? Sure does. Yep. If we were to sort of re- Sure does. Sure does, brother. 
if we were to rearrange this chord and uh, maybe not necessarily put this one on the top, it'd sound like this. Yeah. So this different note on the bottom, maybe the three note is on the bottom? Yeah, the five note there. is on the bottom. Oh, the five, okay. Yep. The same exact there goes. the same exact notes are being played. They're just being played in a different order. But yeah, you're hearing that closeness between those two notes. Ooh, yeah, it does feel a little closer together than the first one you played. Yeah, a little crunchier. This this one's all separate. That one's all open. Mm. You know? But this that tone is the key. Now here's the caveat is that if you're gonna do a minor seven <clears throat> excuse me. If you're gonna do a minor seven, you're mm -hmm. gonna build it a touch different, right? So play your minor triad. Okay. And then you're gonna go up again. We're gonna find our seventh. Now the the minor seventh is in a different spot, so pay attention. You go up, find the octave, right? You find one up the octave, and instead of going mm -hmm. down one key, you go down two keys. So you would wanna go okay. here. That was two keys. There's our seven. Beautiful. So that's our minor seven. Play it's almost a little less <clears throat> spicy than the major seven. Is that just me? You know, it is a little less spicy <clears throat> because that uh, that one and that seven are further away. That's the old position. Oh, yeah. You know? It is a little less spicy. It's a little less... Here's the major. Here's minor seven. Uh-huh. You know, it's got a different flavor for sure. Yeah. Different flavor. So this is a little more advanced than just like happy sad of major minor chords sort of yeah, it's... getting some other stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. That's what makes it jazzy, huh? Yeah, right. Different, like different, um, different emotions. I, I like to think cool. of this as sort of melancholy. Mm. You know, I like to think of this as sort of like cool and wearing a suit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool and wearing a suit? Wait. Maybe, are you wearing sunglasses with the suit too? I don't know. Yeah, I think you are wearing sunglasses with the suit and maybe your hair is gelled mm. back. But it's sunny out. It's not like you're just wearing sunglasses when it's not sunny. It's like... Yeah, true. You're, you know. you're not a weirdo. <laughs> like if you went inside, you'd take your sunglasses off because that's just the right thing to do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. Let's go through the other sevenths because there are more. And for anybody listening okay. that already knows this, you're you're punching your phone. You're like, D do the other ones. So yes, there are more sevenths, right? There's one where we play the major triad. Okay. And we go up. And I know last time we said we only go down one key. That's our major seven. But what ha uh -huh. what happens if we go down another key, like in the minor seven? Oh, okay. So right, we're playing we're playing this minor seven with the major triad. Whoa. So what this is is a dominant seven. Hmm. And I say it like that. It sounds. I I I. There you go. Well. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the. So, don't use that chord, please. Please don't. Use Never. It. Please don't. It's so off limits. Oh, it's so lame. No, it's not. A, no, nothing's off limits. It's music. Every oh, okay. But guys, 
don't it, it's such you a, don't want to write happy birthday you again, don't want right? to write like like mozart <laughs> <laughs> you know what on our um on our topics list we have mm-hmm. an episode lined up called the five chord sucks wow don't use it i thought everything could be boiled down to a five chord and a one chord oh i can it can. We, we've got, I mean, like, literally speaking of Beethoven, we've got. That's just five. That What is that? The ending of, like, Beethoven's something, seventh or whatever? I'm not really sure. It's been too long I since I've listened to that. <laughs> da, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, five, five, one is like, five, five, one is it, right? It's. It's what makes uh, the it's the big arrival. It's what classic most <laughs> classical music is based off of it. But yeah, it's not a very it's not a hip sound. You know, it's not really yeah. like here's one. You know, it's just lame. It's much it's it's much better to. Right, that's so much better. There are ways to get around five. the The whole idea around the episode that we'll do is five doesn't really suck. There are just ways to spice it up. But right, it does sound a little bit classical, and I feel like since there's just ages of music where sort of classical composers beat that five one progression into our heads, it we can't maybe we're struggling to get away from that in more modern music, huh? Oh right, it's got this antiquated flavor. Right. Yeah. That like. I mean, even in jazz music, even in jazz music, like, you would never hear, that's just not jazzy. You would much- It almost sounds a little corny. It it is, yes, it is corny. You know, you would much rather hear this. Right? That's much better. That sparked a feeling. Right? I mean, there are Absolutely. again, there are ways of getting around the five chord. But I say all of this to say, the dominant seventh does exist. Don't use it; it's stupid. Blech. There's also right. um, scratch it off the list. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, it's yeah. not. It, go, it doesn't have do the it. Marty scratch of uh, the, the the Marty seal of approval. Scratch and sniff of approval. <laughs> scratch and sniff of <laughs> approval. <laughs> like the lottery. That's it. New product idea, a Marty scratch and sniff sticker. It smells just like you. <laughs> it smells <laughs> smells as far away from a dominant seventh as possible. <laughs> Buy one of those and a waterproof shower mic recorder Write it, is half off. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Marty scratch oh, and sniff stickers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, right. God. We're spending too much time on these stupid sevenths. Okay. Diminished seventh. Remember that diminished chord I was talking about earlier? Yeah. Two kinds of sevenths you can add. Go up another minor third. Mm-hmm. Go up another. Um, uh, uh, take take that minor third, make it a major third. Mm-hmm. That's a half diminished seven. Here's a diminished seven. Okay. Those are there. Um, not gonna talk about them today. Th- you cool. know, if you're curious, study jazz for a while. The, the, these chords are not lazy people chords. These are try hard chords. We want right. lazy people chords, right? We want. All right. Yeah, we want that. We want. Yeah. 
Yeah. So is that just the major and the minor seven chords? Are those like the lazy people chords? Yep. Lazy people chords, major, minor, seven, baby. That's all you need. That's your bread and butter. Beautiful. And I think there's like a Jaden Smith song that's really good that just uses... Maybe they're both. I think it's, yeah, just one major, one minor, seven going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we love that. It's so good. I mean, you can do a lot. You can do a lot with just like... That's just two chords. That's your whole song, though. That's gorgeous. That's that's. Oh, wait, isn't the um? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's A minor seven, F major seven. That's it. Beautiful. You just add those. It's so beautiful. If you can find those sevens, if you're down in your piano roll and you can make an A minor chord, if if you can find that A in your piano roll and take it down two two little slots. That's your seven chord, right? That's how you would do it in the in the DAW. If you're like programming a pad out, you know, or a piano patch yeah. or something. That's, cool. that's all you need. Wait, and isn't also, um, what's the Mario Invincibility theme song? Isn't it like D minor seven and then C major seven? You're absolutely right. So good. C major seven, D minor seven. This bumps. I could go all day. Just freaking running into Goombas. Oh. There's like <laughs> traffic cones flying everywhere. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. <You're> having... <laughs> the good times. Again, another future episode. Blake suggested that we talk about the Mario Kart music. It slaps. It's it slaps. Unbelievably good. We have to talk about it. It also is really stressful. Like shoulders in your ears types of stressful. Well, yeah. if you're in the middle of a race. It is Otherwise, stressful. it just slaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does make you want to go faster. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god! And they speed it up. If you put it on the the fastest speed in the game, the music is faster. It's crazy. Yeah. How does that? Has it? Whatever it is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. To start. Yeah. Ah, oh, so Something like good. that. We'll have to get into that. Yeah. yeah. We'll have. We'll have. We'll have to. I know. I, yeah. I got to brush up. I got to study my theory a little bit. Ooh. Um, okay, wait. So, so we got our chords. We're just gonna take the major and the minor seventh. How do we? How do we get into this? How do we? How do we make something cool with that? So, what I think is a really great practice for those of us who are just starting to to toy around with jazz is to mm -hmm. take the usual way that you would write music with triads and mm -hmm. to jazzify them, right? Um, to add those sevenths. So right, you would figure Sprinkle out. Sprinkle them here and there. Exactly. So you know how we were doing the. We we're doing yeah. that before. What if we sort of didn't play it all fifties like, and we added sevenths to those chords? Right. We we were like. Ooh. Here comes the dominant fifth. <laughs> <laughs> we need to figure out a way to get around that, right? You know what yeah, I like to do? do? It sounds terrible. <laughs> I like it, dude. It doesn't sound jazzy. So what I what I actually like to do is I like to stay on the four chord and just move the bass note. So I go like this. 
that's nice. Wait, so that's a four chord with just, what's it, like a different bass note? Yeah, so that's just four with the bass note being five. So for those music theory people, that's that's F major up here and then just G. Wow, that's nice. I feel like that kind of trick is invaluable because if you, you know, if you're actually studying theory, you, you get all these chord progressions and everything's like this or that, but then it's just like, oh, just throw this chord over a new note and it, it's nice. And like, exactly. Well, what about that? You know? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It, there are so many little tricks to, you know, ooh, have you tried this? Or, you know, if you know your way around a piano, it's sort of fun to talk to your other friends that know their way around a piano. <laughs> You'd say like, mm -hmm. you know, how do you... <laughs> What's up? I, I mean, the basic idea with starting to implement this stuff and to practice it is learning those shapes, right? So if you mm. do all of your stuff in the DAW, learning how it looks in the piano roll is important. L learning how this looks in every key, right? Every single key, whatever. Learning how that mm -hmm. looks in the piano roll and being able to draw it in, that'll be how you practice. If you're a person who writes stuff on the piano, it'll be practicing shapes, right? So the, the triad shape looks the same all the way up the piano, right? It's mm -hmm. the same sort of idea. If you can figure out how the seventh translates, all the way up the piano. Okay. Then you'll be set, right? You'll 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 know sort of how to make chords happen, and jazzifying songs you already know is not quite as hard as it might seem, right? Because most songs are maybe four chords max, sometimes mm -hmm. three. You know. So just take one of those chords and. Throw the seventh on it and see if it sounds good. Throw that seventh on it, baby. That's the secret. The seventh. Wow. So once you learn... And so do, wait, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. When you're making music and you decide, okay, I'm going to do something jazzy, is it sort of like, I'm going to make every chord a jazz chord with a seventh in it? Or do you like to sort of spice it up and throw one here, one there? Uh, or do, is it really like rare, maybe just one for the whole song? Or um, yeah, how do you use it? That's a good question. I think everything's allowed. I think it sort of depends on taste, what you're going for, you know? Mm -hmm. If you're if you're just trying to spice up that one chord, you know, if you're like, I kind of like the sound of F major, you know, you're writing piano, mm -hmm. and then you're writing this sort of moody track, you're like, I want that third chord to be more interesting. Okay. There's that seventh, baby. That's D minor seven. Wow. That nice. would be a And you could even like sing the seventh too, and that would be a good way. Because then you might not even change it on the piano, but another voice might do it, and that could be a way to spice it up too, huh? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, those um it, it it's nice to have that tool in your back pocket as a songwriter, you know? A very basic tool. Like I have this seventh the seventh chord in there so that if I need a spicier idea, then I can do it. It's also one of those things where once you know the shape, it's fun to just play around out of the context of key, right? 
So you're like, I know the major seven shape. Here's G flat major seven. What happens if I just go up a whole step? So that's G flat major seven, A flat major seven. That can be a whole song on its own. And what happens if I go down a little bit? E flat major seven, D flat, E flat. Ooh. That's just this. So you're ignoring like a key signature and just sort of playing chords based on the. Sh you're thinking about the shape, not the key, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, you're just ignoring. Oh, that's cool. It, you know, once you know the shape, you can sort of play around with uh, with different ideas, right? So that's that's literally just a major seven chord transposed all sorts of places. So you can start really basic with this, like literally just play one and then play another one and see if you like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then build a song off that if you want, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I mean, ask any jazz pianist who comps a lot, and that's all it is, just shapes. It's just shapes. It's a, is comping just like jamming out? Yeah, good, yeah. I should mention, comping is uh, playing background. So you're not like, you're not playing solos. Mm. Uh, you're just... You're just giving. Oh, it's a supporting role, but you're still improvising. Yep. Yeah, you're still kind of following the chords of the chart, but you're just, you're playing the background. You're playing rhythm guitar. It's the rhythm guitar equivalent of a jazz combo. Oh. Yeah, that's what comping Sweet. is. Guitar... And so when you're comping, you can kind of ignore things and do your own thing a little bit. Or you gotta... it's okay to flirt with other keys. You, you got to follow the chart. You gotta follow the, uh, you you gotta you gotta follow the sheet music, if you're playing a mm. if you're playing a chart, you gotta follow the chords, you know. But you yeah oh, okay. you can sort of um, you you know play your own rhythm, add your own spice. I see. As long as it's the right key, you'll be fine. Cool. Well, that seems like a really easy way to just add some spice to the music. I like it. Oh yeah, it's great. Now the fun thing is that it doesn't stop at seven. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> We're gonna blast. <laughs> We're gonna blast off. It doesn't stop at seven, and that's so what's guess. fun. Seven plus two. You got it. You got it, babe. Ooh, nine. We're Nineville. Such a different wow. flavor. It's getting multi-dimensional. thick too it can be thick really thick and a lot of people know this nine they know this nine some rock guys might know it as add two right oh because nine is two because there's seven notes in a key and then if you start over counting it's two hey man that's too complicated <laughs> one two three four five six seven one two yeah eight nine <laughs> One, 11, 13. Three, five, seven, <laughs> nine, baby. We've got those nines. Cool. So we're blasting off, right? I mean, why stop there? 11. Whoa. Why stop there, man? I like that one. 13. But it actually does stop there. Ooh. Why can't you do 15? Octave. We're back home. Oh. 15 is uh, back home, oh. baby. Dang. I know. Wow. So, okay. So, you got nines, 11, 13s. And again, is it sort of the same rule? You just like 
pick a chord and you're like, I'm going to add the 11 to this and see what it sounds like. Yep, pretty much. That's that's exactly it. Now, the jazz guys listening, if you're still listening, are like, well, no, that's not it. But for the purposes of spicing up something like a hip-hop beat or mm-hmm. spicing up your songwriting, that really is it. You know? Hmm. And it's, j- again, this podcast is just about giving you more tools to play with you know it's not about Mm -hmm. structuring rules it's not about explaining the history of why we even call it the nine in the first place and not the two it doesn't matter if you know it exists you can use it in your compositions right that is lovely These are just all nine chords, major nine chords. Mm. I'm lulling off. This is so nice. <laughs> right? They're just they're just things to use. Okay. And this might not be an answerable question, but just had this thought. Like, if you were trying to reference some of those, like, subgenres you were talking about earlier, um, Maybe funk's a bad example, but like the straight ahead jazz. Like, or how did how did these different seven nines, elevens fit into those genres a little bit? Or is there like a clear time when it's like, oh, now they started using nines or anything like that? You know, the answer shortly is yes. There are mm-hmm. points in history where you start to hear different different things happen. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example. In, in the old Dixieland, like, mostly the horns play everything days. There wasn't really mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of nine and sharp 13, f- you know, flat nine being used. Uh, that uh-huh. more happened when jazz moved to Chicago, when Louis Armstrong and the Bunch started to record in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as different colors and... And uh, ways to put chords together. Base. I mean, like different people throughout history, sort of are responsible for playing with things for the first time. You know. Yeah. And I actually don't know a lot of, you know, the jazz history. I, I don't know a lot of the um, the specifics on like who first used one of my favorite shapes, which is the five flat nine sharp thirteen shape. Wait, so five, you mean the fifth chord in the scale, and then you're adding a nine, but you're sharpening it, and then you're adding a 13, but you're flatting it. Just had to walk through that. I know you just said that, but. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those, it's, I mean, it's a nerdy jazz thing, right? I guess, you know, that's a good thing to talk about, though. Like, you don't need to be a jazz player to to, like, have an appreciation for some of those colors and to start using them yourself, you know? Like. Mm. I'm not a jazz pianist by any means. I could not I'm a, I'm barely a pianist as it as it were. But you fall in love with certain sounds. You fall in love with the with the major 9. And you're like, how can I use that? <laughs> I want I want to know that. Same way I sort of fell in love with the flat 9 sharp 13 thing where I'm I'm all you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, hence, like, lo-fi beats were born. They just find these nice chords and they 
probably are sampling them out of some old jazz or just like remaking them in their in their uh in their DAWs, right? And then they're like, Oh, I love this chord. I'm just gonna put like a cool beat to it and wrap it up. That's it. Yeah, that's kinda true. I mean a lot of those lo fi hip hop beats, they're like mm-hmm. they just use a couple of those chords, right? They'll use like whatever the key is, let's say it's the key of C, they'll just use like F major seven, C major seven. They'll just like Imagine a lo-fi hip-hop beat around this. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's all you need. Oh, my God. And then, right? But that's super useful for working in the DAW because all of a sudden you have this new world to explore. As far as tonality, you're not just stuck to triads. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do so much with triads. So, like the amount you can do with just a few jazz chords too, it's it's huge. Oh, That's awesome. It's great. I can't believe you just remade like all of lo-fi hip hop beats in like two seconds. I guess the only element missing was like they always have some like really quiet crackle in the background. They're just like, oh yeah, they turn on that isotope you know? vinyl sim. They they just yeah, let it play. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, it is so pleasant. <laughs> Although after I should say from experience, after like four or five hours of it, you like lose control and it's like maddening. Yeah, um, I guess it's, but... you know, it's like everything. It's in moderation. Too much of a nice. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Just like coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like coffee. Actually, those are like, that's like my yin and my yang right there is coffee and lo-fi beats. <laughs> is it the the way you get it started and the way you wrap it up? Ah, it's just yeah. Every day, those two are just like in a beautiful opposition until I fall asleep. Hey, we love that. For me, it's uh, <laughs> for me, it's the crossword. Ooh, crossword's a good one. <laughs> Great. Wait, wait. Unwind or or wind up? That's unwind. That'll be unwind. It's unwind. Yeah. Yeah, it puts me to sleep for sure. Yeah. What's it? Okra. I hear okra is a big crossword word. Yeah, That's in, in crossword ease, okra is a big one. So so is uh, Esau. Huh. Mm. We love Esau. What is that? He's a son of Abel, or maybe he's the brother. Uh, I don't know. Whenever it's biblical, I, I just write that. Esau. <laughs> Brilliant. That pretty much wraps it up as far as cool. what's useful. For, yeah. for lazy people like me. And and I guess one last thing about jazz sort of going beyond just adding these things into the chords. Is there anything that we can take away in general? And I don't want to make this too big of a topic right now, but just from jazz song structure. Because uh, I know last time we were calling out like how tune shed, actually like shedding the tune is like a jazz expression. <laughs> so it made me think like, yeah, what kind of other settings can you maybe riff off of jazz song structure in? Oh, true. Um, well, I guess the two five one chord progression is really important. You know, that's that's a big one in jazz, isn't that it? That is the one in jazz. Yeah, it's the minor two, and mm-hmm. then it's five, and one. And for those of you Gorgeous. who have a good ear, I yes, I did use the flat nine sharp thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> because it's my favorite. That's epic. But yeah, that that's <laughs> that's not? your building block. A lot of lo-fi, you, you know, if you know the sound of two five one, a lot of lo-fi uses mm-hmm. two five one as well. 
Um, cool. But as far as song structure, I don't know. I just, I think it, it's sort of really dependent on what kind of music you're looking to make and how you're looking to use some of the stuff that Jess has already discovered in mm-hmm. to, for your interests, you know? So listen to jazz that inspires you. Listen to whatever you can and take whatever you want from what's going on. Sweet. Yeah, good advice. Um, so, yeah, let's wrap it up uh, and get back to another week before we come back of listening and making great music. Um, so, yeah, share this podcast with your friends. We want to get more people listening to this uh, and send us your feedback. We, we, we want to hear what you're thinking about um, and, and what you're making. Um, Marty, to cap this off, any inspirations that you've had this week that you could leave us with? Listen to So What. Type in So What on YouTube. It's so good. It's very nice. And uh, yeah, and don't get sick. It's cold. Don't get sick out there, guys. Cold season. Yeah, wash your hands. Stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Stay healthy now. Stay healthy now. (laughs) I had that as a virus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, catch y'all next time. Oh, Marty, what do we got next week? What do we got next week? Did we pick? I don't think we picked. No, I don't think we did pick. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be a surprise. Oh, my God. Mystery box next week. Woo! It's going to be inspiring. That's for sure. Uh, let's end this recording and pick what we're doing next week, Marty. <laughs> I love it. Bye, everybody. Much love. See you later. It's a dream.